It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. I was telling Coach Tanner in my interview process, my son, he's seven, uh, for the last two weeks, that he knew about this opportunity. He knew about Carolina. Every single night when I came home, uh, they would text me, see, are you close to home? I said, yeah, I'm about five minutes away. And lo and behold, every single night when I walked in the house, sandstorm would be blaring in our kitchen, and my seven-year-old would be waving his T-shirt uh, above his head. Uh, so no pressure at all on that one. But it was pretty cool to see when this thing came uh, to fruition uh, late, late, late Saturday night. Uh, I've still got some old Carolina clothes that I had from my time here. My kids put those on. They're excited about it and can't wait to uh, can't wait to get them over here. I got a feeling, Chris, that uh, there was probably a huge sandstorm party at the Beamer household on Saturday night um, and probably another one yesterday as uh, new South Carolina head football coach Shane Beamer gets rolling. Um, That was, I guess, technically sort of day two on the job. I think we we considered Sunday to be day one. Uh, that was day two, and now Shane Beamer rolls into day three. We talked a little bit about the press conference here on GC Live. Of course, he is Chris Clark. I am Wes Mitchell. Uh, we are brought to you by Affordable Medical Equipment at AffordableMedicalUSA.com, 803-926-1493, home of the game day chair. I want to thank everybody that's on here today and certainly want to thank everybody that helped us absolutely shatter our GC Live show record. That's because of y'all, not because of us. And uh, we appreciate that. It um, it really it wasn't even close um, to the previous record. It just blew it completely out of the water. Obviously, having the Shane Presser uh, sort of directly within the show helped that. But still, uh, that was great. We had a bunch of people, I think, exposed to the show that maybe have not been on before. And uh, hopefully, we'll have some of those folks join us here today. Um, whirlwind day, I'm sure. Uh, so Chris, I imagine if you're Shane Beamer, the last, I don't know, 72 hours or so, like the last, um, shoot, go back the last three or four days. Um, I imagine, I mean, I, you're married, obviously I'm not married yet. Um, everybody I know when they get married, they say like their wedding day, just, they don't remember anything that happens because it's just an absolute complete blur. I imagine for Shane Beamer, he even said it. He was like, I've dreamed of this moment. Like I've pictured this moment. It wasn't staring at a computer screen, which I'm sure was just odd. Um, 
But what what do you think the last three or four days have been like for Shane Beamer? Uh, knowing what we already knew about him, and now what I think the fans saw yesterday was like his genuine um, affinity, his genuine care for for this place. So it's it's always interesting, you know, for, for candidates that are really dug in on a job and the opportunity to get it, you, you keep in mind, you know, Shane was still back in Oklahoma doing Oklahoma things, you know, with the current team there, helping them prepare uh, for their game on Saturday. And, and, you know, a lot of different things are happening leading up to that event, right? And so I think that whirlwind has, has been the case for him for quite a while since he's been involved with this job. Uh, opening at South Carolina. And so it's about, you know, thinking about putting a staff together, preparing for an interview, doing the interview, other conversations that you have related to the job um, and and just putting together sort of that plan and, and, you know, just your thoughts are everywhere, I'm sure. And so then once it actually happens, you know, which it did, he described late Saturday night, another part of that story, you know, actually getting the call, going in another room, coming back out, giving the sort of nod that, Hey, yeah, I got the job and everybody, you know, his, his wife, you know, being in the house and just sort of the, the emotion that was attached to that. So then right after that, it's the whirlwind of then you're on the plane in basically a few hours and it's, it's time to, you saw the picture probably everybody did of Beamer with the notepad. So it's about getting your notepad, getting your notes together, continuing to work on staff, thinking about recruiting, beginning to recruit, meeting with staff, doing the press conference, uh, and then, you know, doing that for a couple of days in Columbia and then getting back to Oklahoma where he's working on South Carolina stuff constantly in between Oklahoma things, uh, which he'll be doing for a little while. So just a ton of stuff there, man. And like you said, an absolute whirlwind. I, I can imagine not much sleep going on for Shane Beamer right now. And that's, that's probably – going to be the case for, for, I think, quite a while. I got to say, Chris, I I wondered maybe if you hooked him up with that notebook, that notepad, because it, it looked like a Chris Clark-esque. The legal pad, um, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it looked like the one you always carry around. So. Yeah, you know, I had I had one of those today earlier. Uh, I, I had the legal pad and didn't even write anything on it, but I, I feel like it makes you look maybe more important. You look official when you yeah, do that. Very I think. Official. Yeah. Um, uh, quick programming note. I don't think we're on Facebook right now. Okay. That will help. Just um, got a text on that. Well, tell that person to come on over to YouTube. Um, well, I'll, let's say we'll, we'll give a full disclosure and slash a shout out. That person was my wife who told me. Uh, <laughs> so, so I don't know if she does the YouTube, but. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll get we'll get those folks involved too. Although the Facebook people are way meaner, it seems, and the YouTube they people are, for the most part. Yeah, uh, not as mean as Rob breaking down film, but um, for the most part, the other folks uh, on YouTube are are just in better moods. I feel like the, I think Facebook puts you in a bad mood. I get in a bad mm-hmm. mood when I get on Facebook. Um, yeah, dude. So we we talked about it a little bit yesterday. I all right. I get. I get. There, there's always going to be skepticism. You know, people are going to be cynical at times. When winning, winning the press conference doesn't win football games. We and no nobody's trying to say that when you say a guy wins the press conference. But 
here's the thing, man. If you're South Carolina, if you're hiring Shane Beamer, we, we know how South Carolina, as far as an administration, clearly felt about Shane Beamer. They needed for the part of the fan base who is still skeptical to sort of see that come out yesterday, I feel like. Um, is it going to convert a third and five um, next October at Williams-Brice? No. So I, I think um, we, nobody's saying that. But when you say somebody won the press conference, I think it's important. You know, if South Carolina had hired a huge name coach, like Steve Spurrier comes in, H- hype is built. I, I remember sitting in my dorm watching the initial Steve Spurrier announcement press conference. Just by the name Steve Spurrier alone, the hype is built, right? So Shane, Shane Beamer, that, that's not a name nationally that's just going to get everybody talking. So I think it was important to win the press conference. See, Steve Spurrier could have gone up there and said anything. Yeah, yeah. And people would be like, it's Steve Spurrier. Who cares? Go call some ball plays. With, with Shane Beamer, it was important to have that stuff come across, to have his his affinity for South Carolina to come across, to have his some aspects of his plan to come across, and to get people fired up because you need your fan base behind you because in a social media world, recruits see that stuff. Uh, recruits coaches see that stuff. Recruits families see that stuff. Current players see that stuff. If If they're making a decision about South Carolina – and your own fan base won't even get behind a guy, then how is a recruit going to get behind a guy unless he just doesn't have very many other equal options? So I think that's why it was important. Again, I get the cynicism. It it doesn't win games, but it does help when everybody starts to get behind a hire. It does, and I think people were curious, you know, whether there are people that – didn't like the hire at first, did like the hire, or just, hey, I'm going to wait and see. And then you probably got another category of, I don't really care about the press conference. Let's see what, you know, they do on the field and in recruiting. And, and you know, I think there's some carryover between all those categories. You're, you're right. I think there is, even for us who maybe have heard a little bit more behind the scenes and, and you know, maybe we're more familiar with Shane Beamer from when he was here before, from some things that we've heard during the process about maybe the plan or whatever it may be, there's still some curiosity of what he's going to say during the presser. And so I think the biggest takeaway from that presser, regardless of what people thought going in, was just maybe the vision for how you build the program. And so I think there are a lot of guys that South Carolina could have hired that would have gotten up and talked about, you know, winning a lot of games or culture or maybe both of those things, or maybe something totally different. But the way that Beamer talked about culture, you know, he talked about winning games for sure. Um, but I think what he started with, and this is what I was curious about how, what his approach would be in the press conference. He started talking a lot more about things like trust in the current players and um, the, the premier culture in college football is what he talked about and how creating those things, those were his goals. And then that would eventually lead to, the success in his plan. I think that's the thing that stood out the most. And I think that's what's excited 
you know, people who were on board with the hire initially, maybe even some people who weren't, who said, all right, this is where we're at. Let's roll with it. Let's support this guy. I think the fact that he does want to be in Columbia so badly and has some unique ideas to South Carolina, and he's not just coming in and saying, I'm going to take this system that I've learned somewhere. You know, this is the way I've always seen it done. So we're just going to apply this to South Carolina. Instead of that, he's brought a sort of a South Carolina specific plan that's really predicated on culture and, and is planning on bringing that in here. And I think that's what's had some people excited with an assist from Justin King, probably with some of the content that he's been putting out lately. I will say that's maybe. And Justin King's had some good videos, so I, I may be sort of um, just recency bias, maybe maybe a thing here. But that's definitely one of Justin King's best videos he's ever put out, I think. And um, that, that that was awesome. I, I think every, I saw so many people sharing that thing on, on social media and, and fired up about it, and some of them getting emotional about it. That, uh, that, that was well done. So kudos to Justin. Um, he always does a really good job, man. But that one was pretty much 10 out of 10 um, as far as his videos go. So uh, let's sort of go, I guess, I guess into what's next because that, that's something I know everybody wants to talk about. Um, I, I think, and as I'm seeing in our chat, one, one, one thing about this, the current media world we live in, the current social media world we live in, um, where everything gets spread around. I mean, I mean, as, as of yesterday, Brian Johnson, if you, this is according to Facebook and or screenshots on Twitter, Brian Johnson, who interviewed for the South Carolina head job, was coming back to South Carolina to be the offensive coordinator. Joe Brady, according to Twitter, was actually going to leave the Panthers to come to South Carolina um, to be the offensive coordinator. And then... I think according to Facebook, um, don't don't repeat this, top secret news, Andy Reid was actually going to come just be the quarterback's coach at South Carolina. Wow, what a get. Uh, yeah. They were playing so, staff, no doubt. I mean, that that's even better. We, we knew there was a great staff plan, but that, that's even more impressive than we ever could have imagined. Right, I like, but, I like how they're not even letting <laughs> Andy Reid doesn't even get to call the plays. He's the quarterback. <laughs> He's the quarterback coach, man. So, um, awesome. Don't y'all don't go repeating that now. It's an exclusive report, but no. So, and now y'all are arguing about if Mike Bobo is going to be back. And here's here's the thing: the staff we we know T. Rob is out. We know Kyle Krantz is out. Um, Charles said Saban is coming in as an analyst. So, uh, hey, do not don't put that out there yet, Charles. That's that's not coming out till next week. Um, but oh, and Steve Spurrier is going to be the the play caller. No, I thought it was Joe Brady. But um, so co offensive coordinators. Oh yeah, co OC. Um, so here's the thing: the staff is being put together. Putting together staff is sort of like putting putting together a puzzle. Um, 
you kind of have to see how the different pieces fit together. And whoever you hire as an OC or a DC is going to impact in some ways the other spots on, on your staff, right? So, and, and some guys, the head coach may have a strong connection. He may say, this is one of my guys. I want him on staff regardless. I don't care that he hasn't coached with the OC. We can teach him the intricacies of this scheme because I like him as a coach. I like him as a developer. I like him as a uh, you know, as a recruiter. You, you have to have recruiters on staff too. Is there a possibility Mike Bobo returns? Absolutely. Um, but there, there's a possibility multiple people on staff. There's an individual possibility for multiple guys on the staff to return. That doesn't mean it's been decided yet. It doesn't mean anything is locked in. They are going to take, I should say he is going to take, Shane Beamer is going to take a very in-depth, I don't want to say slow because you're not going to sit on your hands, but you're not going to just jump into this thing either. So getting fired up over the stuff you've heard on the internet doesn't really accomplish much other than just burning energy. Um, and I guess giving you something to talk about, but I, I tend to think the staffing stuff is not that far along because the the very first thing that the focus has been, has been on the current team. And then from what we've been told yesterday, now into the day, there was carryover with current team, current staff, and then lots of focus on recruiting and making sure if you're the head coach, Chris, you don't want a ton of time to go by without at least reaching out to your committed kids. And from what I was told, I, I talked to TJ Sanders about an hour or so ago. He said Coach Beamer reached out. He said it wasn't even a long conversation. It was more like, hey man, I've I've been on the phone, I've got a hundred phone calls to make. Want to introduce myself. You know, let, let's talk a lot more soon. And they're supposed to talk again today. So it's more about touching base. Just, I mean, he's probably been on the phone or on Zoom all day, but that that's kind of been the focus, at least, Chris, from what I've gathered. Yeah, I mean, first order of business, obviously, talk to the current coaches, let them know where things stand, address the team, and then obviously you're you're continuing to work on putting a staff together. There's there's background legwork that goes into that. Those, like you said, Wes, I agree with you. At least some of those, maybe even the majority. It's going to take a little while to shake out for multiple reasons. So you turn your focus to recruiting and obviously Beamer walks into a situation where he's announced on December the 7th at the press conference. And then in 11 days from there, you know, 10 days now, uh, the early signing period starts or less than that, actually, you know, you got eight days now, uh, December 16th starts the early signing period. So a little over a week that he's got to work with to try to make some moves and that includes assessing the current class. That includes, um, you know, trying to see if there's any guys at other places that maybe you can get to hold off uh, from signing. And, uh, you know, obviously touch base with the guys that are committed to you. Um, and remember, you know, South Carolina's had some guys uh, that decommitted from this class. Uh, what was it, five or six different guys? Well, now, some of them have already found new homes. Do you touch base with them, try to see? If you can get it back in the fold, there's obviously some that have not found new homes. Some of those guys have indicated that they're still open. So you touch base with them and see where things at. And 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 that 
gives you sort of a starting point for the 21 class. Assess your current situation, know where things stand, see how the early period shakes out, and then you can make some moves from there. And we know they're going to continue to be active in dispensing offers too, right? I mean, there's some junior college guys, uh, Isaiah Norris, who's an upstate native, who's at Georgia Military. It's a guy South Carolina has been looking at for a while, extended an offer to him today. So they're going to continue doing work, you know, on the 21 class, as frantic as that process is going to be. Yes, let's talk about that. Um, that unless there's just somebody we that has an offer and hasn't really put it out there yet, that would be what the official first offer of the South Carolina Beamer era, correct? Yeah, as far as I know, there's no other offers out there. Um, I think Isaiah Norris would be the first one. So, so yeah, write that down. Put that in the history books. First, uh, first offer of the Beamer. It, it doesn't quite have the lasting impact because there's no in-person recruiting of, like I said, Muschamp going straight from the press conference, and and that was that was an anecdote anecdote that was like repeated over and over and over about how he went straight from the press conference to go out recruiting. Um, so, but but still, it, it maybe it maybe does. Uh, it is fitting that uh, it's a JUCO guy fitting that it's a, a defensive back. Cause I, as you said, I, I think there's going to be a need to get some guys who can maybe uh, help right away. And, and whether or not there's a ton of guys just left available like that, that are, you know, that are, that are freshmen, that are high school kids. I mean, maybe, maybe not. So as you said, JUCOs, grad transfers, um, regular transfers, especially if they're, of it, you know, able to play immediately uh, are all things to keep an eye on. But it's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of, it's gonna be a huge balancing act from now until next Wednesday. It is, and, and even beyond that, because you know, there's a lot of talk about the portal, and is South Carolina gonna have to hit the portal? Probably so, but it, it's not. We've talked about this before. It's not as simple as saying, okay you know, use five or six spots for the portal. Well, you don't want to just sign anybody from the portal. There's going to be a lot of kids in there, but can they help you? You know, um, that's the biggest thing. And you got to consider that it's not a novel idea to go hit the portal. Like it's a good resource, but other schools are going to be having the same thought on trying to get kids. Now, if you're South Carolina at certain spots, you definitely have a really good story to sell on, Hey, there's immediate playing time to be had in the SEC here at South Carolina. Um, and then depending on how the coaching staff shakes out, you know, there's maybe you can point that this guy has a good track record, et cetera, of developing guys. Um, you got a good story to sell on the portal, but it, it is also a little bit of a crapshoot in terms of knowing what you may be able to get out of the portal. But that's going to be baked into the strategy as is junior college recruiting, as is obviously high school recruiting. And so, they are going to have to balance the numbers because you, you do need to put together a class that's as strong as possible given the circumstances. It's a tough, it's a difficult set of circumstances, but you got to put together a good class in order to do that. You know, you got to hit all these different boxes, guys who are still committed currently that you want junior college guys, portal guys. And then you have to have in the back of your mind, how are we going to split up all the spots? How do you balance filling out your class versus we like this guy, but maybe we could hold this spot for a portal guy that could help us a little bit sooner. You know, those are the tough decisions that they're going to have to make. So interesting about the portal. Um, 
from what I've heard, Chris, from what I've been told, the portal has been extremely active this week. Um, nobody from South Carolina currently in there, like nobody knew. Um, you know, I, I think some some transfers out are obviously to be expected at, at South Carolina, but I, I think um, I don't I don't think there's going to be this like mass exodus either. That's that's not the impression I get. You always are going to have guys transfer out at the end of the year that are more down the depth chart. I think that's a part of it. It gets maybe expanded a little bit because you have a new coach, a new coaching staff. And, you know, I think it's expanded a little bit this year in general just because more, you know, more guys all over the country are, are transferring out. So you're going to have that. The, the That's the most numbers I've ever seen in like a couple of days have, have hit the portal just yeah. around the country. Um and that's only the, the thing about that, dude, is some teams have finished playing and some have not. So you're going to see a huge explosion in there, I think, uh, you know, probably after this weekend and then even after that. So it'll be interesting. And also, I think the key for South Carolina when it comes to that, man, you do, I think you do have a little bit better sell to kids than, than some schools will because yeah. you have a brand new staff which means clean slate for everyone. And they have positions, namely receiver, where you can say, man, you have every chance in the world to come in here and start. Um, but as you said, it'll be important to pick the – you got to pick your battles. You got to pick the right guys to go after. I think when it comes to this, it's sort of a – a lot of times it's about some pre-existing relationships, you know, who um, – are there some guys maybe Shane Beamer himself knew in the recruiting process, whoever you hire, let's take receivers, whoever you hire as receivers coach, is there somebody that, you know, he was familiar with at his previous stop? I think recruiting is, is about relationships in general, but generally with the, with the portal, there's some connection most of the time, be it an actual relationship or one trend I feel like I've seen is kids trying to get back closer to home. Maybe they've, they've gone out of state because they weren't as highly recruited before they've blown up at like a lower level. They realize, Oh, maybe I was a power five guy. I just got overlooked. I want to get back closer to home. So they'll, they'll transfer back closer to home. Those are to me, two of the primary trends I see with the portal. Yeah, they are. That That's a big one. You know, those things, there are a lot of different drivers, but you know, playing time or just being unhappy or trying to get close to home, sometimes a combination of all those things. Um, or, or if a guy maybe has one more year, you know, and he's just looking to go somewhere and maybe showcase his talents a little bit more, maybe take a step up, you know, a level. We've seen that before. We've seen guys enter the portal from bigger schools and have to take a step down. You know, that's going to be the interesting thing is we know, like you said, Wes, there's been an uptick, probably going to be another uptick. Then if the NCAA passes this legislation in January that allows free and clear transfers, might be an even bigger uptick. Uh we've even seen in the past when numbers are lower in the portal, a lot of guys go there and they don't exactly find a home, you know, not one that they think they can get. And so that's going to be a big question with all this on the player side, you know, on the South Carolina side, which is probably more relevant to what we're talking about. I mean, you're exactly right. Good, good story to sell, but I think still a lot of unknown, you know, who's in it, who are you up against? What are the ties? Are some of these big name programs going to look at a few kids that go in and say, we could use an extra receiver. We could use an extra DB. 
linebacker, whatever it may be. And then you're, you're in another recruiting battle when maybe you banked on getting a kid out of the portal. So uh, as long as there's some quality in there, that's, that's an area that they can go to for sure. And another thing is, you know, you don't get to go through the recruiting process with these kids in the transfer portal, not to the extent of two, three year relationships, unless you get a guy that goes in there that you do already know. You mentioned that earlier, Wes. Um, if it's sort of a brand new guy that you just know can play, you got to make sure that you're doing your homework from a character and a fit standpoint as well. So, all right, y'all want to take some questions here? <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, Graham Hatfield, here's a good question. Do we have any draft guys besides Horn, Izzy, Hutch, and Shy? Let's see. I'm trying to make sure that I am not forgetting anyone. And I'll actually give some takes on those guys. From what I've heard on Horn, if he runs well at the combine, possible first rounder, but he'll he'll be a guy that probably goes first two rounds. Um, Shy, probably a mid round type of guy. Izzy, later round. I've even heard possibly undrafted. Depends on does he go. You know, does he get if he gets a combine invite? Does he go to the medicals checkout? Does he run? If so, what does he run? But there are some scout types that I've talked to that are not totally sure that he'll get drafted. Maybe somewhere because he's got some, you know, some tape of some of some things there. Hutch, probably more of a mid-round guy. Wes, am I missing anybody there? I'm trying to think. You know, if Ernest Jones decided to go, mm-hmm. later round guy, probably. Uh, Nick Muse, depending on what he does, later round, you would think type to uh, to undrafted when you start saying later round guys like it becomes more of a crapshoot where you could be later round or undrafted but those are the ones that i yeah you know you're looking at in terms of you know draft possibilities i I think that's it man unless unless i'm just completely missing somebody um dude so let's talk a little roster as far as big picture you know, we're talking about recruiting and how they're going to do it, uh, how they may structure it. Let, let's talk about what what they need. And I think the biggest thing, that this is something that we were basically told even before all these changes and, and when they went into this 2021 class, a, a huge emphasis, something they're trying to fix. But I, I think it's going to take time, honestly, maybe a number of years. You already know where I'm going with this. Is speed. It, they've, they've got to get faster. And, you know, we can talk about that in terms of at wide receiver, and that would be true. But but I look across the board, man. Um, in the secondary, at linebacker, you know, at receiver, may, maybe even at running back, although Kevin Harris sort of, you know, Kevin doesn't look like the speed guy physically but he's he's actually proved on the field against SEC competition he can hit the home run ball so that that's a position prior to the season i especially after lloyd got hurt i would have included running back in that as well now now kevin you can't say anything about the position now cuz kevin has proved he can be a power back or actually a home run threat which is very impressive and Still, though, I look across the board, man, as far as building, just from a roster management, roster building standpoint, 
they they have to find a way to get overall faster. And something you brought up on the phone too, that that extends out. It's not just uh, you know on offense and defense. That extends into your special teams as well. Generally, your teams that struggle, I feel like, on special teams are the teams that probably maybe aren't as great defensively and the teams that don't have much speed. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, we, we saw that play out at times for South Carolina this year. And, you know, you need depth. You got to be healthy. But you got to have some guys who are linebackers, DBs, receivers, tight end types, you know, who can run, go down there and run and cover and be physical. And so South Carolina doesn't have enough of those guys. And, you know, we see that even when the defense is on the field. You know, they need more guys that can run because you're going to get into some situations, especially with the way college football is now. It's hard to defend. You're, you're going to give up points in games, especially against teams that can really spread you out. Um, but that's that's the MO for a lot of teams is they they are going to isolate playmakers one on one and they're going to try to make you go tackle them. And a lot of guys are, are tough to tackle out there. So you got to have linebackers that can go cover on third down. You got to have defensive backs who can go match up in a variety of situations, whether it's, you know, if it's a safety, it needs to be a guy who can cover and come up and tackle and go, you know, gain ground and and be rangy, you know, in zone situations or deep safety drops. So, you know, it, it, it is tough to find those guys because everybody wants them, but they do have to find some guys that, you know, even if they're maybe not quite ready to play from a mental standpoint, say at safety um, on defense, maybe they need some time to be able to pick up the scheme or they need some time to develop. Maybe you can play them on special teams early. Uh, they do need more of those guys that can run. And I think that's that's evident across the team. And you look at receiver too, it's the same deal. Guys who can separate, can get open, um, make moves in the open field, win 50-50 balls, give you more of a vertical presence. South Carolina has been missing that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Tim says he said we lacked team speed during the preseason and he got blasted. I, <laughs> I don't know who blasted you, um, but you were right about it. I don't think we blasted you. I don't think we blasted anybody because um, I think we've said for a while team speed has been an issue. I, I think certainly – you know, Beamer talked about this, man. Creating explosive plays is the the key to life on, on offense these days, and you have to have speed to do that. And then I think coverage and space is the key on defense. And, you know, some who was it? Somebody said this on Facebook. Josh said that South Carolina has constantly undersized at linebacker. I don't know necessarily that South Carolina is undersized at linebacker based on today's game. Now, based on, you know, the game 15, 20 years ago, yes. But modern linebacker, I don't know that they're undersized. I just think they're 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 not fast enough. And you can get away. You know, Ernest Jones is an outstanding player. You'll take, you know, give me 100 Ernest Jones. You know, he's going to play. But I think you sort of – you need a guy out there alongside with him that is your, in your more athletic, quick mold, I think, uh, to, to go out there and cover guys. And, and I think one thing we have seen, um, you know, South Carolina struggle with is like the safety position, like you're talking about when your safeties, when you're playing these spread teams and your safeties are having to come up and play man coverage, um, you know, on third down passing situations, 
So, I mean, Florida just pops in my brain as South Carolina could not cover their guys in the slot in basically pretty simple man, man beating type routes. But, but if it's, if you physically can't do it, then, you know, you're, you're done before you start. And then if you, if you have to start sitting in zone against really good offenses, these days you get RPO'd to death and you're, you're kind of, uh, you're kind of screwed there. So I, uh, I think overall athleticism, overall speed is a huge thing for, uh, for this team. Yeah, no doubt. And we did see that in some game situations, you know, where um, I mentioned earlier, isolating playmakers. If other teams thought South Carolina was going to be in man coverage, uh, they looked for matchups. They created matchups by, you know, maybe how they shifted or the formations that they came out in, maybe anticipating certain personnel matchups. And sometimes they got those and they were able to take advantage. Florida's a great, a great, uh, you know, example of that, that you brought up Wes. we saw that Remember, Ernest Jones had to go out for one play, even down in the red zone And Florida drew up a play that was basically <laughs> targeted at the Mike linebacker. I think it was a, I think it was a zone play uh, for South Carolina. They were in zone, but there's some type of play action and Florida was able to get a touchdown off that. And we saw a variety of man-beating routes, like you mentioned, whether it was Florida or other teams where they, you know, they knew, hey, if we get this favorable matchup against this linebacker or against this defensive back, we're going to have a chance for a big play. And they got it you know, a lot of the time. Uh, some breaking news while we're, while we're talking here, Chris. As um, we anticipated actually may be the case, um, Ernest Jones – let me make sure this is really Ernest Jones. You know how uh, the world is these days. It appears to be Ernest Jones' Instagram account. It says he has decided to declare for the 2021 NFL Draft. Your thoughts, Chris? You know, I, I think um, my first initial reaction is um, Ernest has really, really developed at South Carolina, you know, into a really good player. I mean, you looked, and he was he was all over the field this year. He's a really sharp guy, really smart guy, um, and made a lot of individual plays. Was really productive for for the Gamecocks. Um, probably, I think could probably do himself a favor by coming back another year, you know. And uh, if he had another good season, might be able to enhance his draft stock. Now, it could be because this is just one man's opinion. It could be that he's gotten some good advice and feels like maybe his pro potential is maybe at a, at its highest point. And there's a lot of considerations that go into these things, you know, fam and, and I don't know any of them, but you know, the types of things, family finances and injury history and uh, you know, new coaching staff. I mean, all these different things can factor into, into the decision. I don't think, you know, that Ernest is going to be a guy that's going to be a super high draft pick based on what we know right now. We'll have to see how the process plays out. Maybe he's a chance guy that has a chance to rise, but probably a mid or later round pick is probably where he's at. And and he might be fine with that standing. Yeah, I, I do. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to get into somebody's like personal life. Um, but I, I do, I do think for, you know, I'll say it like this: we we don't we don't know, as you just said, what what guys' personal lives are like, and if they have reasons to go ahead and, you know, go pro and and try to 
help out their family and, and put their family in a better situation. So um, Ernest, an outstanding kid, always, I would say, handled everything on and off the field at South Carolina. Chris, wouldn't you say in the absolute first-class manner? Yeah, I mean, he, he was a great kid. You know, I remember during the recruiting process covering that one. I remember going, driving to Georgia for the announcement there. And, um, you know, he was, a, you know, he's down really. I mean, South Carolina beat Duke for him. I mean, I think Auburn offered maybe Georgia Tech. But uh, he was an academically minded kid, which is why Duke was so high up for him. And, and South Carolina was able to get him. And wasn't a super, super highly regarded kid, but obviously was a, was a good take for them and ended up developing into – a really good player, but yeah, definitely handled everything the right way um, from what we know and uh, just did a really nice job at South Carolina. Re- really good player. Definitely somebody that they're going to be missing. You know, when you talk about pieces off that defense, guys that were productive for them this year that you're maybe counting on for next season, that's definitely one. Yeah. I mean, um, so let's, let's keep it right there, dude. How, uh, I mean, linebacker, I think was already a, a need for South Carolina. Um, and we, we, I guess it's interesting. We're just talking about linebacker and needs there and speed and all this stuff. But now I feel like you're, you're also, you're replacing a pure playmaker, you know, a guy that, that collected a ton of tackles. He was guys, uh, he was a guy that sort of um, cleaned up a mess, kind of um, made you right sometimes, so to speak. Whereas if, if other guys made mistakes, he sort of cleaned it up. And I think, uh, huge, huge loss for South Carolina. There's no real way around that. I'll be curious to see. Uh, it, I assume this is a final decision. I'll be curious to see. Has he, you know, has he has he hired an agent? Is it something that could possibly, you know, is it is there any wiggle room or is this completely done deal? You know. Yeah, and you know, I told you the other day, man, when we were sort of we were tracking a few things behind the scenes, right? And remember we were sort of tracking one, one thing, whether or not Ernest was at the team meeting and he was uh, from what we understood, but we didn't get a great answer in terms of what he was thinking. We'd heard some things, but we didn't confirm them. So this looks like it, it sort of confirms that line of thinking. And yeah, man, it's, it's a big loss. I mean, Ernest played a ton of snaps this year for a lot of reasons. Number one, he's a very productive player, you know, so he was going to play a lot anyway, but South Carolina's depth situation, obviously, there was not good. You know, when you're counting on, you know, sometimes you would be able to slide Damani Staley over to the mic and play somebody else at will where they had some injuries that precluded them from doing that. You lose Sherrod Green, Jamar Brown's out for a lot of the season, uh, came back and then had to go back out. You know, Mo Cobb is a true freshman. Uh, you know, Rosendo Lewis was injured the entire year, so – you, you very this gives you yet another question mark on a team that you know has a lot of them on defense and really across the board uh you know for next season yeah I, I think you look man uh, Mo Kaba will will be counted on to have to make a huge jump you know from from freshman to sophomore you need to get Sherrod green back and get him back to you know maybe his best form we've we've seen it in flashes we saw him play really well at that Sam spot as a junior, I guess it would have been, um, you know, and then can, can you, can you flip a Bryce still back? You know, I, uh, everybody can be on the lookout. Uh, I, I think Bryce still, somebody asked this earlier. I think Bryce still is one, 
one of the few guys I would put in the category of a possibility at least to flip back. Um, I'm I'm supposed to talk to Bryce here as soon as we get off the show. Supposedly, um, he's already talked to Shane Beamer a little bit. He even was talking about in some other interviews. I know he talked to uh, to Phil Cornblut and said, um, you know, he was all ears basically. So I, he at least sounded like there is an opening in his mind to possibly flip back. And he fits. I think Bryce still, Chris, actually fits that mold we're talking about as being someone who could maybe play the linebacker position and still cover, still cover ground, play some man coverage. And of, of the guys they've lost, I can tell you all this, there's a, there would be a much better chance of Bryce still coming back South Carolina's way than there is for Trenelius Tatum, just based on what I've heard. Yeah, and Steele definitely fits that mold, right? He's, he's, you know, when we say he's a hybrid guy, it's just that doesn't mean he's a tweener necessarily. It means he's someone you could probably play as a big safety or even a nickel in some situations, or you can say, all right, we're going to put some weight on you. You're going to be a wheel backer, sandbacker, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, we've seen him in Camp West a couple summers ago and uh, was a guy that could run and move and, and worked out. A, you know, I think he might have worked out with the DBs one day, too, and worked out with the linebackers, too, uh, but really could play either. He can run, he can cover, he's got size. You know, didn't get to play, obviously, this season because he was a kid that was back down from Virginia to North Carolina, so everything got moved to the spring, um, but was going to be at 205, 210, and really had physically developed. So question for him just going to be getting reacclimated because he missed his junior year as well due to injury. Um, and then obviously the, the biggest question, even can South Carolina get him back in the fold? Uh, but yeah, he's, he's still set to listen. It appears be curious to see how your conversation goes uh, with Bryce Steele, but a talented player and someone that it would be great if they could get him back in the fold. Yeah, we'll have, um, we'll have some reactions on Gamecock central here shortly. Um, hopefully I can follow through with that, with that interview with Bryce. I'll talk to him. I'll have an interview up with TJ Sanders. I'm going to have some reaction Maybe not directly from Colton Gothier, but Colton's been really completely locked in with South Carolina. I'm talking to somebody close to him today. So we'll have for the next um, the next couple of days, we'll have some reactions from the guys that are committed to South Carolina as they're starting to get to know Shane Beamer. That process started yesterday, is going to you know carry into today. Um, I talked to Omega Blake uh, very, very briefly. Um, supposed to talk to him a little bit later on as well. So We'll have reactions on all those guys coming up on GamecockCentral.com. Somebody asked if we had any deals. Uh, Rocky asked that. Use the code GCPOD, Rocky. That'll get you a 30-day free trial to Gamecock Central. Or if you're ready to sign up, you're completely locked in, um, put in the code Gamecocks, and that will actually get you um, a 50% off your first year, basically 50% off an annual subscription your first year of that on Gamecock Central. Uh, Chris, you want to tell everybody a little bit about the game day chair? Yeah, so game day chair from AffordableMedicalUSA.com, our primary sponsor here on GC Live, 803-926-1493. Most comfortable recliner for your game day watching experience. A variety of positions for lounging, watching TV, lay flat, all at the push of a button from AffordableMedicalUSA.com. <clears throat> if you're on the pod, uh, just click the link on the podcast page or on YouTube like we hope you are. Just click the link in the description and you can find out all about the game day chair. I had some people say, I'm going to get one for Christmas. I think we've had a few people say that. 
So that will be an awesome Christmas present. Make sure you join those. And let's tell them about our friends at Dead Socks US, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. I've got on a pair of Dead Soxy socks right now that I wore with my dress shoes earlier, the boardroom line, uh, no slip technology. They also have the no-show ankle socks and some other new products that are already up and some more Gamecock sort of centric ones that are on the way soon. Use code HOLIDAYPRO for 35% off your entire order at deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. As soon as we're finished up, make sure you go there and check those guys out. Good stuff, Chris. Um, I think that's let's, – let's take a few more questions, and then I think that's going to about do it. Um, RJ said he's going to talk to his wife about getting a game day chair. Yeah, you, you better get a, better get that okay first. Miss um, <laughs> uh, Lynn says, I love that Coach Beamer wants to be flexible with schemes and adapt to, avail- to the availability of personnel. How does this impact this year's recruiting in turn of, terms of player selection? It's a good question. I think, Chris, you're sort of – I don't know, man. Aren't you sort of always looking at your roster management standpoint from both a short-term and long-term perspective? So long-term, you probably have an ideal player for the ideal scheme you want to learn – you want to you want to use, right? Short-term – there may be some spots where you just need help, you know, and it may not be the perfect fit. It may not be the guy that fits the scheme you want to run, but you can't, there are going to be certain positions for South Carolina where they have to upgrade period, even if it's not a perfect fit for what they long-term want to do. So I think you're always sort of having that balancing act of short-term and long-term approach. Yeah, you are. And and that's why we've seen, you know, we've seen some junior college guys that are on the board and, you know, probably more that are going to pop up on the board. Um, They've got to, you know, get some guys that can help. Now, you can't get too many of them because then you're sort of, you know, mortgaging your your future potentially at some spots. You are going to have to have a mix of high school guys, but it's also true that they got to be able to plug some holes, right? And, And whether it's defensively, offensively, and to some degree, you know they're going to want to fill some certain needs. One is team speed. So where can you get that? Well, DB, receiver, and that's sort of two birds, one stone type of thing. No doubt. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it, man. You, you got any final thoughts here, Chris? I know we got, we got some work to knock out for the site. We got a lot of work to do, man, as, as, as has been the case for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate everybody joining in. Appreciate all the support, as always. Please, uh, please go check out our sponsors, uh, support them because they support us and they help make the show possible. And uh, please come hang out with us on, Game- on Gamecock Central. We'll have plenty of content coming up and uh, obviously plenty to talk about. Ernest Jones pretty much out, it seems like. Uh, Going to go try his hand at the NFL. We'll see if there's any chance of that changing or if it's locked in. And, of course, uh, we'll continue to talk about what uh, South Carolina is going to have to do moving forward the first few days of the Shane Beamer era on Gamecock Central. For Chris, I'm Wes. We'll see you all on Gamecock Central, and we'll see you all on here tomorrow.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.